Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to Pillow Talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia Watkins. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Dr. Alicia. How you doing today, babe? I'm doing pretty well. Merry Christmas. Yes, Merry oh Christmas. Gosh. It's Christmas Day, boys. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas <laughs> to you. I think I to listened to you. every Christmas song in the world yesterday. <laughs> Jingle bells. Jingle the black bells. version of the songs I listened to yesterday. Well, Michael Jackson, the Jackson Five are the best Christmas album of all time. Yeah, and they're um Jehovah Witness. Yeah. They're not even what? You're laying down? I'm kinda laying down. Oh, okay. Sitting up a little bit. Oh, okay. What's your favorite <laughs> what is your favorite Christmas album of all time? Are you what? asking me or are you asking? Well, I'm asking you and then I'm asking the audience. What is your favorite okay. Christmas album? Okay, no, my favorite Christmas song, uh, there's two, but number one is This Christmas by The Whispers. Oh, okay. The Whispers oh. version Okay. Okay. is the best. And my second favorite has got to be Silent Night by The Temptations. Wait, is that the name of the song? Silent Night, <laughs> Holy Night. <laughs> Those two are my favorite. <laughs> yeah, that was well. That bass—that's that bass is what did it. Mine is Michael. Mine's the Jackson Five. Okay. And then, um, yep. Uh, Ebony says, "Steve, uh, someday at Christmas." I love that. Yep. Yeah. Um. Oh, the Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Someday at Christmas. Oh, it's a. It was a political song. It was like an anti-war song. And oh my God, when he sang "One Little Christmas Tree," one little Christmas tree, standing alone, (laughs) waiting for someone to come by. Oh, sad. Yeah, I was. Um, I felt so bad for that little Christmas tree. (laughs) Like, damn, I helped that tree out. Oh, anyway, well, Merry Christmas, everybody. How you doing? And um, yeah, so it's funny. I accidentally, when I scheduled our podcast on online, I scheduled it for eleven fifteen p.m. instead of a.m. Yeah, but you it, were discombobulated. You misspelled Megan's name. I did. I totally but her did. Name is not. It's not intuitive. It's M-E-A-G-A-N. not. A G A N. Yeah, and I thought that good was spelled with an e at the end. Yeah, it usually is. And it's not. No, it's it's M E A G A N G O O D. So Megan she messed is us good. up. Her name messed us up. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> it has Hey Hey Nori and Detroit Man and Torloff and Teresa and Kaylin. Uh shout out what city you're coming from. Feel free to shout out what city you're coming from and let us know what your favorite Christmas album is. And also give me a yes or no in the chat. How many of y'all have uh seen or paid any attention to the divorce, uh, the interesting divorce between Megan Good and Devon Franklin. Unfortunate divorce, by the way. It's kind of sad. I mean, you know, to see the two of them not make it, um, you know, it's uh, it's um, it's been, you know, it's been big news. Yeah, I, I saw them last night on the OWN channel. And what were they doing? Talking they about how, doing, to, how to stay married? Yeah, yeah, they were actually. They no, were on there. Oh. They're talking about why would Oprah run that episode? If they should, why would she? They should have took it down. They shouldn't have ran. I mean, it, uh, that's that's it, that's a little embarrassing. Let me for them. tell you, they look so beautiful. Uh, she had this and they really, are beautiful. She had this really nice green dress on, and he had like a black suit with a green, the same green that mm. she had and they were talking about love at christmas and they look so good together you almost you almost want them you almost want to do an intervention and see if they can work it out 
Well, you know, I mean, but you, you know, you're, you're a licensed therapist and you work with a lot of couples and, I do. Uh, and you, and you really did a good job of schooling me on the difference between a licensed therapist and <laughs> just anybody who's just talking, you know, just talking on the internet, like all the exams you had to take and all the studying you had to do and everything else. And, and I would wonder, it seemed to me, again, I'm not, I'm not licensed in therapy, but it would seem to me. <laughs> That before you even would want to try to keep them together, it seems like you'd want to find out why the marriage wasn't working in the first place. We don't really know because they haven't really said anything, have they? Um, but we could speculate. Yeah, well, <laughs> we could, we could, but I don't. We I can don't, do some speculation. Well, let me. Well, let me. Let me just say this. I think you that, don't like speculating. I think some modest degrees of speculation is okay, but I don't want to get into being gossipy about them Does you know this, will it in, come in a derogatory way will it come off as gossip? well i think that you can speculate and i think i think generalizing in terms of talking about the bigger concept is more interesting as far as like i don't want them to feel bad like i don't want it to sound, feel like i'm bashing them or making fun of them or attacking them well we don't know that's the thing so they, they just said um well, i'm thankful for the gift of us being together and i can't remember what the statement said but um, we, I mean, all we can do is speculate on their life yeah, and well, use that as an example of, um, lessons going forward. So are you well, worried that people are going to be like, stop gossiping about Megan? Yeah, I think, I think, Franklin. well, one of the things I is think, that what you well, think well, is going to happen? Here's what I think. I think that are we Are you should. worried about those comments? No, no, I don't no. care. No, no, no. It's not about the comments. Okay. It's about who we are. It's about choosing not to be gossipy and instead saying, Okay, what are some what are some higher level concepts? Like, you know, my, our platforms for intelligent black people, right? And intelligent people don't just talk about somebody else's life. It's like talking about your life, right? And and I think that with Megan Good and Devon Franklin, there were a lot of inspirational things about their marriage, but then there were a lot of things where smart people looked at that ten years ago and said, "Hmm, I wonder how this is going to work." You know, um, especially when you talk about. You know, things like, uh, because remember, they, uh, first of all, people should know that when a couple is public, it's not by accident. Like, usually someone has um, chosen to make their relationship public. Like, we chose to make our relationship public. I mean, let's keep it 100, you know, when, when we put up little pictures like this and whatever, like, that's our decision to say, okay, we're willing to let people into our lives Um you know, because and we did it because we believe in black love. Mm-hmm. We believe that I believe that black men should be really reminded of the significance and importance of black women, how great it is to head a family. Uh, you are supporting black men by us. You know, and it's hard. It's 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 risky. You know, it's it's tough because every relationship, I don't care who you are, you're gonna have challenges. You can so when you're out there like that, you're like, man, what if this doesn't work out? What if this goes wrong? So my heart, part of my heart, really goes out to these two, because I think it was courageous for them to just even let the world know what was going on in their personal life. You know. All right, I think um, I've been going through social media not very much recently, and I see a lot of people post pictures of themselves and their significant other and the people in their lives. I mean, so everybody does it. People, when you know, when you make the commitment, everybody puts pictures. All my friends who are married, they put pictures of their husband up. You know, not, and so not, it's not everybody. You know, not everybody. Do you, ever, but, do you ever wonder about those women that will have kids and they'll put pictures of the kids and with the, themselves with the kids with no pictures of the husband? I've known women like that. Married women. I mean, yeah. Where is your husband at? Yeah. That's so a, that's a little weird. To so me. there we go. We're speculating that if you 
don't put any pictures of your spouse up. It's like, hmm, why are you not posting your spouse? Yeah. And if you do, it's like, okay, so you're posting your spouse, you're putting them out, you're putting yourself out there. So it's just something that people do normally. And so I just, I see us as such a normal couple. Well, you know, what's funny mm-hmm. is um, um, like this picture that you and I took, like, this is the picture. There's a, I believe that when somebody posts, themselves with another person i don't know maybe maybe everybody doesn't think this way but i think this way because i know that they that i have you know like hundreds of thousands of followers so every single thing you put out there it gets scrutinized you well, you got to think about it you just uh-huh. have to be you know thoughtful about it so so a picture like this if i put a picture like this up i want everybody to just know what it is right we did have a photographer this is we ain't gonna throw no bullshit out there and also this is a picture i put out there with you and i because you're my wife Mm-hmm. right notice if you go through the internet you can search all through the whole internet everywhere and you will never find a picture like that with me and my ex-girlfriend <laughs> or any woman i ever dated in the last you know decade or more ever you know and, and it's not because i thought that they were bad people it's just that only one person is the chosen one right so you're the chosen one babe well you know what i don't i usually don't put pictures up like yeah, that. I you pictures. Did. I'm gonna put some pictures up of you today. You about that. Well, you look cute in your red I'm, pajamas. I'm blast. I'm gonna blast you out today. You boys. should. Well, we had that corny, funny picture of us uh, wearing matching. Um, we, we, I promise y'all, we're gonna get to making good and and. I do want to get to making good. Like, can I show them the picture of us wearing the? Um, I was so proud of the little gift I got where we got. The, oh um, yeah. The uh, matching. Like I'm, I'm corny like that. I don't care. When you, when you get a, corny? When you get a family, you're supposed to do corny stuff like this, right? So we hit, we had we all bought I bought these um blanket like wearable blankets, <laughs> and everybody lo- it was a hit. Well, it, it was, was a hit. The thing is, we went and had to go outside because it was so warm. Yeah, it was really warm. Those things are really really comfortable. <laughs> and now, uh, yeah, and and I was so you know because because I'm telling you, man, when you're like the bonus dad, you, there's no rule book really <laughs> on how to be the bonus dad. I ain't gonna say stepdad because we don't use stupid words like that. But the bonus dad, so you know, I I was like, how do I frame this in a way? where this really works for everybody. So like with the kids, I just convinced them repeatedly. I said, look, you're lucky. You have two dads, you know, and, and I'm your dad for life, period. They definitely felt lucky last night. These kids had so much fun last night. Oh, that was great. But the thing, well, funny thing is Quincy's growing up. So now everybody thinks I'm uh, super short. They think I'm <laughs> Kevin Hart size. It's crazy how he shot up. Like he came back from college. I couldn't even, I mean, he was so super tall. He grew several inches. The dude is six foot eight. He's got to be six eight. Yes, he's a big boy. What the hell, man? Anyway, uh, where did you get those jackets? We got them on Amazon. I'll, I'll try to find the link. Anyway, okay, okay, we got, we got it. We got to get back to making. Okay, make I mean, yeah, I'm ready to talk. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm, okay, so y'all can beat up on me and not beat up on boys, but I'm ready to speculate. Yeah, well, let, well, I'm let's, ready to do well, let's talk. Let's speculate. If we're gonna speculate, let's do it in a way where it's not so much just about them. Yeah, I think it should be about us and the people listening. So I here's what I think. First thing I want to ask you You don't about, like when I use that word. Yeah, I don't like speculation because that's gossipy. It doesn't feel gossipy. That feels gossipy to me. to me. It does to me. And I don't want to, and I don't want, because here's the thing, right? I have Wait, a, I thought we, hold on. I thought we were supposed to be talking about, what's his first name? Devon and Megan. Yeah. Well, I have a heart for them, though. We all do. I, I because I because do. because everybody's speculating, like People Magazine speculating. Everybody's so here's what I think. Here's what I think we could do, right? Here, let's talk about the, the concepts behind exactly. their emergence in the public exactly right right that's so, exactly so, where so I'm let's going. start let's start from the beginning let's start from the beginning let's start from, let's go back a decade does anybody remember give me a yes or no give me a yes or no if y'all remember 
um, Megan Good and Devon talking about the fact that they did not have sex before marriage. Yeah, she took a vow of celibacy. I do remember that. She said she was going to be celibate and she's date. And I, I thought it was really interesting because I, I didn't really follow her career very closely, but I I saw I've seen her work and she's a great actress and beautiful lady. And um, I remember thinking, wow, that's interesting. She's got into religion. Mm-hmm. She's become very religious. So I thought that was fascinating. And, and um, well, you know, every- she took a vow of celibacy, her and the man she was dating at the time. And I said, wow, she's dating a preacher. And, but he's not a preacher. I don't know if he actually is he, a pastor at a church. He's deep in church, though. He's deep in the yeah, church. Yeah, but I don't know if he is running a congregation. I don't know. Right what, now. I, didn't I don't think he has that. a congregation. Okay, he doesn't have a congregation. So he's, he must be ordained or something. I don't know. But um, but I thought that was really interesting that mm-hmm. here she is. She's an actress. And then now she's took a vow of celibacy and has turned to... What religion? Okay, so, so that was so let me so first so let me throw in my first bullshit on that right in the uh-huh. sense that, <laughs> that that really I mean whenever somebody comes to me and they're like oh we waited till marriage mm-hmm. I admit am admittedly somewhat skeptical I'm very skeptical okay and the reason I'm skeptical is because I think that that sexuality is a basic human need. So how were they getting their sexual needs? Right. That that means so so to me, if you're <laughs> but here's the thing, here's what so but but it doesn't mean you're not trying to do something noble or righteous or saving something for marriage, right? So but you ain't saving everything for marriage. I think that's the point. It's like if I if I say, you know, I saved a hundred thousand dollars, doesn't mean I made a hundred thousand dollars. That means I I might have made a million, but I saved a hundred thousand, which is still a good thing, but it's not the same as me saying I sacrifice everything. So my point is to say that whenever couples say um, we're waiting to have sex, my thought is, okay, so that means you're just substituting sex for something else. Or you're substituting intercourse for something else. You know, and usually it'll be, you know, something oral. It'll be, you know, something involving self, you know, self-stimulation, whatever you want to call that. You mean masturbation? Um, so, well, I don't want to, we ain't got to say Oh. We're on YouTube. I don't want to have You don't want to say that? I don't word? want the YouTube bots to. But that's the technical word. Well, why don't you call it self Self-love. Self-love. <laughs> there we go. We ain't got to be crass on a Christmas morning. I'm, I'm good, sorry. I've been spending, goodness, I spent all night with my cousins and my brother. And so I heard a lot of crass things Your last cousins, night. <laughs> they man. are crass. Oh my goodness. They are crass. But I mean, boys. I love not, them though. You I have love to them. understand like that's, that's what I grew up with, you know, having an older brother and hanging out with him and all his friends yeah. and just sitting there and listening to what a whole bunch of men say to each other. Ooh. You know, <laughs> I've I've had the true. privilege of doing that. And so uh, it helped me deal with men mm-hmm. because I knew what men think. <laughs> how men I, think. I, I get it. I get yeah. it. And I respect it, right? So, so yes. I was just saying maybe we should try to keep it clean because the YouTube bots be listening. But then again, I can't talk because I cuss all the time on my channel. So, but but here's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. When you say you're waiting, um, the other thought that comes to mind also is I wonder how that works because I knew a lady one time who had a long distance relationship and she was, uh, she was, um, I think she was seven day Adventist, like Devon. Devon is actually seven day Adventist, which yeah, right there, that's a, First, whole, okay. that's a whole nother set of I know a lot of people who are seven day Adventists and it's, just, it's interesting because like, how can, I don't know. I, I, I respect them. They're wonderful individuals. Actually, they really are. And, um, good integrity, 
So, you know, very good, good compassion um, from the people I know who are seven day Adventists. But one thing I just couldn't get around was you can't do anything on a Friday night and all day Saturday. Right. That was the part. I was just like, good grief. That's the fun part of the week. Right. And I just couldn't even understand. Like, I got to say goodbye to you. I can't do anything with you Friday night and all day Saturday. That's true. Well, let let me finish. Anyway, I couldn't get over that. But go ahead. Okay, so let me finish telling my story. All right. So there was a a lady I knew who was a seven day Adventist. And and actually, this was when I was maybe 15 years ago. And I thought she was a pretty lady. I was actually trying to holler a little bit. But she she told me she had a boyfriend and uh, her boyfriend lived in Seattle. And, um, and, and she said that they, uh, were waiting till marriage and I was like, oh, okay, that's nice. I didn't believe, but I'm, I'm more of a Wait, realist. was he seven day Adventist too? I don't know. But anyway, okay. let me finish the story. So mm-hmm. she, she said they were waiting and, um, and I was like, are you sure he's waiting? Are you sure you're both waiting? And, and she said, yeah, he's <laughs> waiting. He's waiting. And so she, check this out. So she said, so a couple months later, she flew out to see him and there was another lady that came by who was like, like talking to her like why are you with my man Uh-oh. and the lady is like that's my man he's been my boyfriend for a year and a half and she said no he's been my boyfriend for three years and so basically here's here's my point i think this guy liked her and he was willing to wait but just because somebody's waiting with you doesn't always mean they're waiting with everybody like sometimes they're finding a substitute. Like, like, like if you if I'm waiting for one restaurant to open, that don't mean I don't go eat across the street. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of interesting. So I, I'm always curious when people say when people sort of say it, especially if they say it in kind of an arrogant way. Like we're waiting, we're not doing this, we're not doing that. I always, I, I really believe nine times out of ten. There's something else happening beneath the surface. Yeah, I'm. Um, I study reasons why uh, married people stay together, mm-hmm. and waiting, waiting to have sex, waiting to be married to have sex is never one of the indicators I've come across. Mm. I've taken CEU trainings. I so have. I know you have. Wait, 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 wait. But tell me, wait. So you said. Waiting is not a reason to get married? No, waiting, waiting, waiting to have sex until you're married was never one of the factors that I've seen come up to predict um, satisfaction in your marriage. Okay. So I mean, it was just really interesting that um, they wrote a book about this. And well, it was really nice. satisfaction, though. Maybe it's done just to, because you just, that's just what you believe. Okay. Well, I think, I don't know. I'm thinking that. They're, they wrote a book about this and they're advocating waiting. I don't know what the, I didn't read the book. I don't know what the reason is, but, you know, as a couple therapist, um, I have, haven't come across any information that says waiting until you get married to have intercourse actually does anything in terms of impacting the quality of that marriage, whether that marriage lasts longer. I just haven't seen it. It hasn't come across Mm-hmm. You know that there are other factors that have, but that particular thing, I haven't seen that data. Yeah, I, I think I think waiting is um I think it's fine if that's what someone wants to do, mm-hmm. but I think sometimes I, I saw this um there was this really angry lady named Deborah something who wrote this really great article called uh, "Does the Black Church Keep Women Single and Lonely?" and um and in this article she basically said she felt and I didn't disagree with her that. Sometimes the church will give you rules 
on how you're supposed to live your life. And similar to they do, you know, the Mormon and the Baptist churches, all a lot of them do this. The, it's it's almost like the rules are designed to keep the men in power over the women to allow the women. So 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 like if I'm your pastor or your deacon or whatever, right? And we know about the freaky stuff that happens in church or whatever. And I'm telling all the women in the congregation, right? Because most of these, let's just be keep one hundred heterosexual, strong heterosexual black males are not as inclined to go to church. Like I know I'm gonna be at home taking. I'm gonna sleep in on Sunday. I'm gonna be watching NFL football all day. I'm not trying to go and sit there and listen to some dude preach to me and then give him all my money. That doesn't mean I'm making fun of people that do it. But it's like if you go to church, you're typically um, outnumbered. And if you're a man, right, a straight man. So so here's my point. So. Ultimately, what she believed is that when when the deacon and the pastor are saying, you know, you should not have you should not sleep with anybody to marriage and also or if you do date somebody, you should date somebody in the church. Then you find out in some cases that the pastor and the deacon is screwing all the women in the church. Mm -hmm. You kind of feel like it's a little bit of a hustle that the women are because I know women who follow those rules who ended up lonely, like who never, ever got to have kids. Like, I don't know, Megan Good again, no kids. Um, not to say that Megan is the person who's victimized by this because she was married to her husband. Well, I, well, I wonder about that. Let me jump in here because I do wonder about that. When you're married to a preacher, it's like you're the first lady. And so these expectations are put mm. on you. And I think that it's it can be very constricting. And that's a problem if you're in Hollywood and you are want to get a bunch of different roles and you want to be free. It's it's that restriction can cause problems if you're married to someone that's not letting you be who you want to be. Well, you know, of- and being able to to stretch yourself as an actress and not say I'm going to be a Christian actress. That's what I'm just going to always live by. And it can be it can be OK. What if you don't want to follow the rules of that group? Is your husband going to leave you, you know, because your husband's in the church or has to follow this sort of doctrine and, and, and to be an actress and to be able to grow and to develop and to and to push yourself and to take on roles and to grow your career. You need to be able to step outside of those the box that religion puts you in. And mm-hmm. so I, that's what I'm wondering, like that could be like a big issue. Between the two of them. Well, I wonder. Um, well, I'm gonna tell you. Um, you know, I was engaged to a woman who was a seven day Adventist. Yeah. And they, they, um, they don't. The one, at least the ones I, I knew, they don't really like outsiders that much. No. You know, like if you're if you're doing stuff that's even if you're just not just not going to church with them right there. And, and they at least, at, you sad at least in my experience, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't, and I, did, I had not ever had an experience with that because I always thought that if I was just a nice person, that would be enough. But no, in, in some spaces, yeah. if you're not one of us, then you're evil. So, and but, by the way, that was the only concern I had because I remember. Don't we, talk about my my previous. It was the only thing. concern I had. Mm-hmm. Voice about yes. relationships and your relationship. Um, was the fact that it was the religion had coming from different religions coming from different backgrounds is an issue. Mm. That was my one, that was my one concern. That is true. Well, everybody's got a religion. Academia is a religion, ma'am. So anyway, but let's, but listen to this. So here's, here's the thing. Like, so with Megan Good, I think. Academia is not a religion. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so, so so with Megan Good, if you remember, there was the controversy where she gave out a gospel award wearing a dress with boobs and nipples and everything else kind of showing. And a lot of people gave her a lot of heat for that. 
And they were like, wait a minute, you are married to a guy who's an elder in the church. Um, you, he's an elder in the church? Or something. He's an elder deacon. I don't know. He's okay. he's, he's deep he, He's deep up in the church. I think he's a minister, not a, but not a pastor. He doesn't have a church, but he's, he, he does, you know, like he's deeply connected to the church. And he came, she came to the war show, like dressed like that. And, and a lot of people gave her a lot of flack online over that. Yeah. So that's the thing you can't, it, it, you know, it's, you're constricted in terms of what you can wear, how you express yourself in your clothing. All of that is being judged. Um, I, I think that religion and so I'm not anti-religion necessarily, but, um, but it can be very restrictive. So they can tell you like what you can say, what acting roles you can take and what acting roles you need to decline. Cause I remember her declining acting roles because it just wasn't Christian enough, mm. you know? And so how are you going to grow? And, and you can't wear a certain th- thing, you know, they monitor your clothing and who you talk to and what you do, the type of roles you pick. That's very constricting. And I'm really wondering like how much that factored into him just being frustrated and saying, you know what, let's, I'm done. Let's get divorced because this is not the type of lifestyle I want to live. Mm, that's heavy. Yeah. Well, by the way, you're listening to Pillow Talk with Dr. Boyce and Dr. Alicia Watkins. Um, my wife is a licensed therapist and full professor of social work. Um, I am a PhD in finance and we figured it would be fun to have a podcast where uh, you could maybe listen in on what two um, overeducated black people talk about when they're laying in their bed and they're in love with each other. Yeah, so, and and, I, but I got another comment to make on that. I'm like, I got well, let me give them your website. Say. Well, let me okay, give them your give website. website. Her website, Dr. Alicia's website is um, that's coachingwithdralicia.com. So uh, make sure you check it out. Or you can follow her on Instagram at coachingwithdralicia. Now, what is your statement, babe? Yeah, I want to say something else. Just because you have you come from different two different religions, that doesn't mean your marriage can't be successful. It just all it means is that you need to be able to allow your partner to um, to just allow them to celebrate and to practice whatever religion they want. But that doesn't mean you you can't force your religion on your partner. You can't say you must be seven day Adventist or we can't be married. You must live by these restrictions and rules or we can't be married. That's not fair to do to someone else. I think the best couples now definitely waiting waiting to have sex before you get married is not a factor, but what is a factor for a successful marriage is allowing your partner to practice and to believe and to do and to be Mm. who they are and not tell them you have to do this. Like both of you all need to sit down and decide what are the rules of our relationship? What is, okay. So you go to, you go to church on Sunday. I go to church on Saturday. Let's allow each other to do that. How are we going to run this household? Making sure I'm holding it down while you're in service you hold it down while I'm in service and still love each other. That is possible. I think it is possible, but here's one of the things. I, I remember hearing a long time ago that you should never, two things you should never talk about at the dinner table are religion and politics. And mm-hmm. I, I thought about that a lot. And uh, you notice people will fight over that. Like right now we're fighting over politics. You know, did you get the jab? If you didn't get the jab, then you shouldn't even come to my house. And, you know, or you, you voted. How could you vote for Trump? And, you know, stuff like that. Like families are divided over politics. And I think that the reason that religion and politics are two tough areas to navigate when you have differences in a relationship is because they're because it's cult cultish. It's it cultish. is very cultish. Right. It's cultish. And, and, and when you're in a cult, part of that condition isn't just we believe what we believe. It is a lack of tolerance for anybody who doesn't believe what you believe. Yes. Right. And, and the thing is that there's a lot of cults. 
You know, I think there's well, a, there's a lot of there, there's a there's lot. a strict definition for the word cult. Right. Cult means like you're in know, this group and you let, can't get I out. Know, but know, yes, I know, I, get, I know, professor. We will let you. Sorry, lecture, <laughs> like we will let you lecture on cults in a minute. <laughs> but but my belief is that what I have seen with cultish behavior is a type of um, arrogance. Um, where you believe that your truth is the primary truth, and anybody who doesn't understand your truth simply hasn't hasn't been educated to see the light, right? Yeah, I and, and I think that's a problem. Like you can't, you know, like accept the fact that people don't believe what you believe, and and respect that. If you can respect that, then that works. But it, but there's some people who can't. Re- like I know Democrats who cannot respect why somebody would be a Republican. That pisses me off. It's like you might not be a Republican. But let it go, dude. Like, you're, you believe what you believe. You know Dr. Fauci is your Jesus or whatever, and Joe Biden is your buddy. Then be, do that. But well, stop, I, stop criticizing people who believe something different. Go ahead. Yeah, and I think not even criticizing people who, who believe what, um, something different. It is convincing someone else. It's trying to change their mind. I'm going to try to change your mind with this information. But at the same time, voice, I was watching that show um, explained on um, on Netflix and they were talking about the science of cults and stuff like that. And what they were saying was that you're not being open minded. Your lack of open mindedness is really what puts you in a cult. So you have you're firm on your beliefs. You receive information that is contradictory to what you believe, and you're not open to even look at anything different. So that's what was the problem with cults. It's like, okay, you're a Democrat. I'm a Republican. Let me try to listen to you. Okay, so why is that important to you? Like trying to listen to them and and not and not trying to feel like someone's trying to convince you of it otherwise, but just really saying, okay, that information contradicts what I I see on Fox News, my information is contradicting what you see on CNN and just like, oh, like accepting that information. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem with cults. Like I'm hearing information yeah, well, that's different from what I believe well, one, and I'm just going to reject it. Well, I'm one, not even going to explore why that's important. Well, one area that we've discussed, you and I just debated is I believe even academia could be a cult. I, when I was in finance, we, you had, you had the cult of capitalism. When I was in the field of finance, the University of Chicago was like the Vatican. And uh, the reason a lot of people don't even know this, but a lot of the reasons we've had major economic crashes in the last 15 years is because there were very bad financial models coming out of the University of Chicago mm-hmm. that no one in academia would question. I knew really smart people where we would secretly say, this doesn't even make any sense. This shouldn't be. Well, that's not scholarly. If, it's, if it's, nothing is questioned. Everything well, should that, be questioned. Well, that's the problem, though. The problem was that if you questioned it, you would be penalized. So ultimately, what I would say, though, Ooh, is overall is, is, generally speaking, I think a good rule of thumb is to have the ability to try to empathize and really understand other perspectives. Even, yes. if, even if you think it's crazy, even if you think you've got all the data and you've got all the science, because right now, look at what they're doing right now with this whole conversation about the jam. Follow the science, follow the science. And then when a scientist steps up and says, well, here's some other science, they say, oh, that's not good science. Yeah, we know that's that's really awful. So I think like with with relationships, you know, let's not be like that. Let's not be so polarized in our position that we can't allow our partner and we can't listen to our partner, allow our partner to be who they are. And that's the problem in relationships. Mm-hmm. I agree. Let's bring it back so, to this. So and- let so, mm-hmm. so with making good, let me speak on that. You, you talked about her taking different roles and the limitations and and things also, that, mm-hmm. 
Oh, I was gonna. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry about that. (laughs) Things that might have Charleston might have broke the camel's back. I heard some. I I saw some people mentioning um, this show Harlem, and there was this scene in the show Harlem. Everybody's been talking about where somehow they're inexplicably she's about to have sex with some dude, and his legs are up in the air. Mm-hmm. Now, can y'all, can anybody in, in the that chat is really, help me man, understand? What man does that? That's what, that's when everybody came to me and said, oh, this ain't really that's a black strange. show. This, no. is, this is just a gay show with black people in it. You know what it is? I haven't seen Harlem, but I'm just, just from that picture, that's very, that's very, what is the word? Emasculating? That's crazy. That's You know, he that, doesn't look, that looks like a woman. Like he's in the position of a woman on the bed. And she is in a position of a man, right? That's really a bizarre image. It's very well, well, and that's, well. So here, so put yourself in Devon Franklin's shoes, right? You know, you, you're you're the minister, and your wife is in a scene like this. Very effeminate. She's in a masculine, and he's in a very feminine role. That's just picture. a that's just a crazy weird sex scene. I mean, that's something that's beyond having to sit there and watch your wife kissing men on screen and getting in bed with men. I mean, that this, this was like crazy. A lot of black people were like, I'm not watching this show. Yeah. There's that, been some troubling things with a lot of shows. Like what, what, the, what, what is happening here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, I was going to check it out. And then I was like, we should check it out boys just for data. You watch it. And we have to remove. We have to remove our emotion from it and just mm, watch it. No. Just as scientists, boys. No, I'll pass. That's most. You're gonna pass on. That it. they got a new Avengers movie coming out. Oh <laughs> no, not another one. I'll go watch the Black Panther three or, so, or two or what, I don't know which number they're on. But now, nah, but let me get this off the screen because I feel like this is gonna traumatize some people. But yeah, well, you know what? I'll, I'll say this. I'll, I'll let you kind of have the last word for sure. But I. I I, I wish them the best. You know, I feel like, um, you know, I feel like they tried. They did nine years. Nine years, that's a long time. Uh, they've probably overcome quite a bit. They've, they've had a lot of trauma during that time. A lot of people, most of these marriages today ain't lasting nine years. Most of these marriages ain't lasting at all. You know, so I think to some extent, as much as we might critique or anybody could critique. That was, that's, that's from the... Um... Oprah Winfrey special, their really? own special. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. as much green. as people might critique their their you know their breakup or and say what they're going to say, I personally applaud them for at least trying. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think the fact that they tried, um, even if you fail, uh, you know, I, I think it makes you stronger. What are your thoughts? Okay, so I'm thinking like, I'm thinking you know she's a busy actress. I also wonder if like they spent a lot of physical time apart. So she's doing roles and he's doing his mm. thing. I wonder if all the travel, you know, because when you're traveling, it's really hard to stay connected to your partner. When you, Well, it isn't hard. There's things you can do to stay connected so that it doesn't really make a difference. If you're physically apart, you can be emotionally connected. But I just wonder if you're shooting a show and you have like a gig, an acting gig, and he's doing his own thing and you're doing your own thing. I'm just wondering, uh, maybe they lost that connection from being physically apart, working on roles. 
Mm, you know, because they met, they met on a set. I think I looked in their bio. They actually met in a movie set. Jump in the Broom. Jump in the Broom. 2011. Yeah. So they met and they were able to come together. But, you know, that, that connection has to be cultivated and it has to be able to maintain. And I think a lot of famous people um, who are doing a lot of traveling, they're living in a whole bunch of different homes and hotels and they're apart frequently. It can be really tough to keep that connection going. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. You know, I, 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 I think, you know, it's, um, I think that we live in an era, unfortunately, where when people are seeing so many of these divorces, a lot of people are just saying, I'm not even going to try. Like, why even try, you know? And I don't blame That's them. That's a very sad thing. It is sad, but it's like, you know, it's, it'd be different if 98% of all marriages lasted, but when half of them end, and then in many cases, you're talking about major, um, sadness and and financial devastation and stuff like that uh i know a lot of people were like why would i even try to do this you know um i don't want to take that chance you know so the fact that they took that chance Mm -hmm. i i you know i admire them for that i think it's um you know commendable and i and so I, i wanted to have this conversation my personal thing was i wanted to have the conversation without it seeming like you know we could sit here and gloat and say i told you so or you know or y'all y'all ain't gonna make it but i do think that some of those issues like you know this you know this whole the whole waiting conversation waiting till marriage and then promoting that in the book um and then also you know just um some of the stuff that you saw later on down the line it kind of speaks to me to being very careful about how much you preach to other people you know Mm -hmm. because the more you preach the more you are at risk of appearing to be hypocritical right and and i think that um i i didn't quite feel comfortable with that book called the weight um maybe the the, maybe you write that book because you want people to feel feel better about the fact that they're choosing to wait to feel more empowered things like that but i think that if you're telling people hey if you don't wait like we do then something's wrong with you i think that's a problem too Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I. Well, I think it's commendable. They they were really into each other, and they really felt that waiting helped them in their marriage, and it, that they felt that it helped it grow stronger. And so, I mean, I I like the fact that they kind of provided their own testimony. And I think what you alluded to in your story, you told a very interesting story about you think that person is waiting, but they may not be waiting. <laughs> Yeah, you know they could break their promise. Of yeah, I don't, I don't believe. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't believe so. I, well, the thing so is, so you I, just don't. You're not buying the whole thing. Yeah, I think. I think sometimes. I think somebody can. They can wait for you, but that doesn't mean they're going to do something while they're waiting. Mm-hmm. They're just. Or you know, well, I think what you also were alluding to was that even if you wait for actual intercourse, there's other things you can do with yeah. each other. <laughs> right. That's true too. That's true too. Well, you know, I, I, think I think that's about, what you were alluding to. Like I think about, um, it reminds me of that Stanford marshmallow experiment where they were predicting um, that children who are more successful were the kids who they would give them a marshmallow and, mm-hmm. and uh, they said, look, you can eat one marshmallow now, or you can wait 15 minutes and get three marshmallows. And, um, and so they found that the kids that had the ability to wait, Mm-hmm. had more success in life because they were able to delay gratification, things like that. But what they found, though, in my view, based on how they described the study was, <clears throat> it wasn't like the kids were waiting and doing nothing. Mm-hmm. They would be doing other things while they were waiting. Mm-hmm. So I think that sometimes you might commend somebody because they waited two years to have sex with you. 
But they were doing other shit while they were waiting for you. They were having sex with other people. They could. You're saying nine times out of ten, I believe they are. If you, I'm sorry, I'm a skeptical. If you tell me uh, your man, <laughs> it has gone a year without having sex, I'm gonna really question that statement. Mm-hmm. I am. I, I just seen too much. I, I had a friend like that who wasn't going to see her man, except maybe once every three months. And I said, is he happy with that? She said, yeah, he wants to be supportive of my career. So he doesn't, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't harass me about coming to visit. And I said, okay. And I was thinking to myself, yeah, he's probably just finding something to do while you're out doing whatever. And then when you come around, he's supportive again, right? Like, Hey, I just want to see you do well. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you got to be real careful when somebody's like, Oh yeah, just take your time. Do it. You, you know what? You do you. I want to just have your back. That don't mean they're not taking care of themselves. Yeah, I think that's not a completely selfless exercise in, in some cases. Yeah, when I hear you tell that story, it just uh, what I'm thinking about is what conversations are they avoiding? What conversations are they not having that they should have? So if if this lady who you're providing as an illustration is really having a conversation with her her boyfriend she you know clearly he's not he's not speaking up she needs to say hey i'm i'm part of this religion we we wait until we um get married um and and this is part it is and he needs to at that point say you know i'm i have a problem with that you know, he needs to be able to, in a way that's conducive, to be able to share his thoughts and feelings about what she said. And they're not, what's happening with a lot of couples is that they're they're avoiding conversations that they really need to have because the truth comes out in the end. And now her feelings are hurt. I bet she was probably like, good grief, we could have talked about this. We could have worked this out. But instead, you fed me bullshit and went and did whatever you wanted to do. And that's mm-hmm. the problem with relationships. You need to be able to have open, honest conversations with each other about how your the rules of the relationship and how the relationship operates and is going to run. You know, don't just feed people what they want to hear and then go off and do whatever. That's not, first of all, that's not good commitment. Second of all, that's manipulation. Third of all, that's that's not um, that's not being honest with the person who you're supposed to love. That's not loving that person. Because when you're restricting your thoughts and feelings and you're not really being honest with them, you're not demonstrating love. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah. I think um, I think the only thing I would add... add they could have to, totally worked it out. Yeah, I think the only thing I would add to that is... You know, if somebody believes that telling you the truth is going to cause you to leave them, I believe a lot of people won't won't have a conversation. They, they'll just say, you know what, I'll just handle this on my own because mm-hmm. if I bring this up, mm-hmm. it's good. Like I like I can say this. But the truth always comes say, out, and I, it's way it, more it, devastating it, than if you had just been honest. It is, it is, it is. But I remember um, a long time ago, I had a relationship with a woman that we were together, you know, year, for years. And I knew that there were certain topics that if I brought those topics up, um, we it would end the relationship. So, so you were avoiding. I did. Absolutely. The avoiding absolutely. doesn't work. I, well, right, I agree. But listen, hold on. Mm-hmm. Let me finish. So I just avoided. But I was OK with avoiding because I was like, you know what? I want I want I, I they say, do you want to be right or do you want to be married? Or do you want to do you want to be right or do you want to stay together? Right. So sometimes mm-hmm. when you want to stay together, mm-hmm. you say, you know what? It's like if you're in the car, if you're if, like when women are in the car with their husband and they and he says, George Washington, uh, Abraham Lincoln was the first president of the United States. And she's like, she's like, no, actually, it's George Washington. 
And some people say, girl, you need to just tell him the truth. Like, don't let him just walk around in ignorance. And, and you know the right answer. I'm, but I'm, well, it's a fact. But let's get, I mean, here's the mm-hmm. example. But it's the point I'm making. And, but if she knows he's going to blow up and go crazy and, you know, and start cussing her out because she told him something that was a fact. Did someone, I can see somebody saying, you know what, I'm, I'm just let him believe Abraham Lincoln is the first president of the United States until he's ready to hear the truth. So that's avoiding conflict. And so the, what I'm concerned about is that people in those situations, you're walking around and you're hiding parts of yourself with your partner and you're, and, and you're being, what can happen is that when you bury down and you're not being honest with the person, it comes out as um, passive aggressively. It mm. can come out as resentment toward that person. Mm. So in the end, it just is never ever a good outcome or a good scenario when you're holding in and not and not really communicating, opening up to your partner. Now, if you open up to your partner and they yell at you and scream at you, that's abuse. You know, you don't you don't deserve that. You can say, look, I, you can even say, hey, I want to talk to you about something, but I'd like for you. I'd like to have this conversation with you where you're not being triggered all the time. So the moment you get triggered, we're going to end this conversation. But you're so important to me and your our relationship is so important that we have to address this because I don't want to walk around harboring resentment towards you. So mm-hmm. that's how you're supposed to handle those sorts of situations I agree. in a way that is helpful for the relationship. Well, you know, and I, I think that what you're saying is 100 percent correct. It seems to me that um, you're talking about a two person tango. Yes. And uh, oh, yeah. it's like playing basketball. And if you're playing basketball with somebody mm-hmm. who doesn't know how to play basketball, yeah. it creates a very ugly basketball game. It does. So, and, so and I'm you, wondering, you know, mm-hmm. if, if one partner is playing basketball, the other one's playing football. So what I mean by that is, um, you know, commitment and connection and honesty is a two way street. Um, yeah. I, I know that if I want people to be honest with me, I have to be prepared to receive honesty and react in a way that's going to be nurturing and supportive and not react in a way that's going to be violent and evil and, and condescending or contemptuous. Right. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so ultimately, you know, um, like I, like I, I think that I create space where people are very honest with me because Mm -hmm. I let them know that I'm not judging. Right. Mm -hmm. And that, and, and, and also you have to be a fearless person. So to be in a relationship, to be married, look at these two, they're fearless. They actually did it. They got married um, and and they did this. And I'm just wondering between the two of them, what conversations should they have been having on day one other than let's take a vow of celibacy? <laughs> they should have had other conversations early on that hopefully they would have still be together today because they're a beautiful couple and they still love each other. You can I can see that they still love each other. So whatever the little technicalities were, I mean, it's really, it's really too bad that they weren't able to work those out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it is sad. We'll wish them the best. And um, and um, also, by the way, um, if you want to take a look at Alicia's website, um, it's coachingwithdralicia.com. Dr. Alicia is a full professor of social work and a licensed uh, couples counselor. So, so I'm see- in the cult of academia and I'm in the cult of the therapist cult. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. For sure. <laughs> and these are um, these are some of our Christmas pictures. In case you weren't here at the beginning, these are some funny little pictures we took. Um, just, you know, I don't know, for fun. And uh, that's Tater. Um, Tater, our daughter. Tater was so excited to be in the picture. Yeah, 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 yeah. So my buddy took a picture with me. And that- <laughs> I thought that was awesome. So anyway, all right, everybody. Well, please have a good day. And uh, if you could, please hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe. 
Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everybody that is listening. Happy New uh, Year to people. Yes, yes. Yeah. Happy Happy New Year. We'll, we'll probably talk to you before New Year's as well. I hope so. Uh, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you subscribe uh, to the channel that you're on. And uh, let's stay connected. So and follow Alicia at Coaching with Dr. Alicia on Instagram. All right, guys. Have a good day. We will see you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.